Hello everyone, welcome to Bitchin' Brew, a podcast about music, life and everything in between, brought to you as ever by me, your host, Danny Randon. Uh, how's everyone doing? Are you well? Yeah, yeah, me too, I know, come on, it's nearly the weekend. Um, well, thank you very much for joining me for this episode of the podcast, which is specifically one of my Bitchin' Festival previews. Um, this is a relatively new thing which we piloted last month with Slam Dunk Festival. We had Henry from Boston Manor on to talk about the lineup at Slam Dunk before he took to the main stage there and it went down really well. So I thought, you know, let let's do it for loads of other festivals happening across the UK this summer. Not not with Henry every time, obviously, you know. He he is my boy and he's he's a lovely guest, but He's not playing every single one of the festivals we'll be talking about over the next few months, so it'd be a bit weird to have him on for all of the previews. Um, speaking of Slam Dunk, though, thank you to everyone who checked out the Slam Dunk compilation episode of the podcast that I put out a couple of weeks ago. It was, you know, it was a really big deal for me and and for the podcast. We we had some of the the biggest guests who have ever been on Bitch and Brew come on bands that I can you know, legit calls some of my, my favourite artists, either, you know, of all time or, or right now, of, or of the last few years, bands like Newfound Glory and Cancer Bats, uh, The Bronx, The Interrupters, Employed to Serve, and uh, and Pagan. Have I have I missed anyone out? I don't think I have. I think those, yeah, those were the six bands that we chatted to backstage at Slam Dunk Festival. All great chats, all available to listen back to now in one bumper episode of the podcast um, so make sure you go and listen back to that on whatever podcast, uh, whatever platform, sorry, you uh, you listen to podcasts on. So um, before we get into chatting about the next big festival, uh, which if you haven't been able to deduce from the from the title is Download Festival, um, I guess it doesn't really get much bigger than that. Um, I just want to zip through a couple of bits of news surrounding Bitch and Brew. First of all, I've started a Facebook group. Um, now, as we all know, Facebook's algorithms suck balls. They're not they're not kind to pages and, and people that are trying to sort of organically promote their wares, their art, their sort of hard work with little sort of social advertising budget. They really only like you if you put even more money in old Marky Zuckerberg's pocket. Um, otherwise, he'd much rather show you posts from... I don't know, a distant relative being racist and telling all six of their friends about how great Nigel Farage is. They'd rather show you that than showing you something cool from someone whose work you admire. So I've seen this uh, this sort of method being done a bit from various creative types, especially, um, especially record labels, um, you know, setting up groups to uh, post in alongside their pages. That way your updates and your quote-unquote content um, is more likely to reach your audience if you, if you do it through a group. So I've started what I've called the Bitching Crew, the official Facebook community for friends, fans and of course listeners of the podcast. Um, it's early days obviously um, but I'm very much intending for it to be a forum. Yes for me to share news about the podcast and all the cool shit that we're doing um, or that I'm doing, sorry, and Brad as well, who helps uh, host the, the Bitch and Review podcast with me. Um, you know, the, the, just, a, you know, a place to, to plug that sort of thing, obviously, but also 
just uh, I also just want it to be a place where people who love alternative music in all its forms can go and hang out and share stuff they like with one another and and have cool conversations. Just just a place to stay positive, really. Um, you know, despite all the the sort of the the shit that's going on in the world at the moment. So if you like the sound of that, I'll leave a link in the description of this episode for you to go and join Bitchin' Crew on Facebook. It's a public group. I think I have to approve your request to join. So. Um, you know, I will welcome you with open arms, nonetheless, um, unless you are uh, a spam bot and you're just going to try and sell us Roy Bond sunglasses or something, in which case you can fuck off, you're not welcoming the bitching crew. Um, I suppose that leads me quite nicely onto the other bit of podcast news. No, I'm not selling sunglasses, not yet. Sorry about that, guys, if you were hoping for some merch. I mean, I am thinking about merch, just... Uh, it's a secondary priority at the moment. Um, but one thing I will be sharing in Bitch and Crew is a new weekly playlist that I have started on Spotify called Bitch and Tunes. Um, the premise is very simple. I update the playlist once a week with 10 songs that I've enjoyed the most from the week before, whether they're sort of brand new tracks or stuff that I'm only just getting around to checking out, or even music that I'm kind of rediscovering, having previously forgotten how, how awesome it is. So, um, yeah, go and uh, go and follow Bitch and Brew on Spotify for weekly updates to the Bitch and Tunes playlist. I'll leave a, a link in the description of this episode for that as well. Um, if you're listening to the podcast on the week I've put it out, the latest version of the playlist, uh, the playlist, singular, um, includes tracks from the likes of the Dirty Nil. They've got a new track out. Uh, which is really great, obviously, because it's the Dirty Nil, friends of the podcast, shout out those guys. Um, the aforementioned Boston Manor, uh, Foxjaw, Nova Twins, City and Colour. There's tons of good stuff in there, really, so go and check that art. Right, on to the reason that you're all listening to this podcast. Download Festival, um, of course, happening on the hallowed grounds of Castle Donington in T- Midlands um, this weekend, 14th to the 16th of June. Uh, this year's headliners, as we'll be discussing a little bit further in a bit, are Def Leppard, playing their seminal album Hysteria in its entirety. Um, Slipknot, who are back with a new look and and with a new album coming, uh, which is very very exciting indeed. And uh, playing for the playing the UK for the first time in twelve years, Tool, which is which is just mad, really. More on that later. I think I think it's fair to say that Download is the biggest rock and metal festival in in Europe at the very least. I think there's only. A couple of festivals on the mainland which could hold a candle to download, you know, places like Hellfest and Rock and Ring, both are festivals I've never been to and and would love to go to. But even then, I think Download has the advantage of of its history being at Donington and, and having risen from the ashes of Monsters of Rock. There are still still people that call it Monsters of Rock. I mean, those people are idiots, but still I think you know, download is the place to be if you are a fan of of heavy music in in any form, um, the lineup this year is is great. Um, I, I don't mean to sound so reserved when when saying that it, it is a great year. Three awesome headliners and a bunch of other amazing bands. So, uh, you know, to celebrate that, I decided to call up a couple of the bands that are playing this year um, and get their thoughts on the on the lineups for their respective days. 
and what it means to be playing the festival and and so on and so forth a bunch of other stuff as well so um for the friday i had an excellent chat with brady deep rose who is the guitarist and co-vocalist of conjurer one of the uk's hottest heavy bands right now who are playing the dogtooth stage on the friday um lovely bloke it was obviously awesome to welcome another member of conjurer on we've had a couple of brady's bandmates on the podcast in the past had a great time with them at 2000 trees festival i've pretty much i've been pretty much a, a constant supporter of conjurer on on bitch and brew ever since i first heard them so i was definitely stoked to get brady on for 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 this chat um even if he was a little bit of a shithouse as he always is on podcasts he's developing a reputation really um, then the Saturday, I got Toby Duncan, the lead singer of Trashboat, um, on the on the phone on the old blower. Um, if you don't know Trashboat all that well, they are a, a British pop punk band with with hints of you know a little bit of a hardcore edge, little hints of hardcore punk. They're honestly, I think, one of the standout bands from that scene, if you ask me. Um, and they're going to be playing the Avalanche stage on the Saturday. So we'll be chatting about that and and all the other bands, awesome bands, playing that day. Um, I'd never met Toby before, and I guess I've not technically met him still, but it was really lovely to get him on the phone. He's just, just, a, just a really, really genuine chap, as you'll find out later on in this podcast. Now, a little disclaimer uh, for the Sunday. I tried very, very hard to get a band who was playing the Sunday at Download on for consistency's sake. Um, but unfortunately, I just I ran out of time. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to try my hand at the, the solo podcasting thing. Uh, I've heard a lot of my big podcast influences doing it. So I thought, you know, fuck it. I'll give it, I'll give it a bloody go. And if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. Um, that'll obviously be happening at the, the end of the podcast um, after my chats with Brady and Toby. So without further ado, starting with the Friday as previewed by myself and Brady Deep Rose from Conjurer, download 2019, the Bitchin' Festival Preview. Well, I've got um, a very lovely, soothing uh, mug of mint tea here. Um, there's pugs on the mug, so it's extra soothing. And um, and what better drink to be drinking while chatting to a member of one of the loveliest, most soothing bands in the UK right now. Um, he is Lord of the Rifts for uh, Conjurer, uh, Brady Deep Rose. Welcome to Bitch and Brew. Hi there. It is a pleasure to be here. Um, now... Uh, as as we were talking before I started recording, we've we've had um, we've had Jan and Connor uh, from the band on the podcast before last year at Two Thousand Trees Festival. Now we have you, so that's three out of four members. What what happens when I eventually get Dan on the podcast uh, Dan, and I complete the set? Dan's uh, refusing to do all interviews now, so you, you're never going to get the full set. It's like uh, it's like the McDonald's Monopoly. Oh yeah, um, yeah, that's frustrating. Like one as fuck. piece that's just you know, there's literally one of them um, in the whole country, and uh, someone else has already got it. So I swear everyone's winning the Big Macs, but me, I'm always just winning apple pies. Yeah, right. You could just stock stock up on them. 
<laughs> well, oh. maybe if I maybe if I complete the set and get four out of four members of Conjurer, do you reckon I could get like one member of a decent band on? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You uh, you have to work your way through the Holy Raw uh, ranks, and then yeah. eventually you get James from Rollo to Massey. That's how it works. All, all jokes aside, Brady, it's exciting times um, ahead for. Uh, for Conjurer, obviously, the reason we're chatting today is it's going to be your first time at, um, at Download Festival. Um, but you know, as as we're as we're recording this, um, just a few days ago, we heard the the first um, uh, the first bit of recorded output from from Kirsty's Metal Hands, which is your uh, collaboration with Pine, um, yeah. uh, which is called High Spirits, I should say. And, um, and may I say, what what a fantastic bit of work it is! Cheers, man. It was it's. It's nice to hear it again after Baroness wrote it many years ago. <laughs> Baroness that's and Thin Lizzy and... Yeah, yeah, well, no, it was just really funny because um, the, the like loads of people have been saying uh, it sounds like Baroness and um, obviously it does because we love Baroness. And uh, there was there was a guy on Facebook that was like, just fully came out and said, "Oh my God, this reminds me of Baroness." And I was just replied, "Who?" And he was like, "Oh, you know, Baroness." And tagged the band. I was like, "I'm sorry, I've never heard of them." And uh, yeah, but I've been having a lot of fun with it. But um, you yeah, are such a shit house on every medium. First podcasts, and now, and now this. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, but no, that that uh, record's been kind of like a year and a half in the making. And um, saying that out loud, it sounds like it's come together really quickly. But um, yeah, we we, uh, we got together with Pine for Art Tangent last year and and did this set and it went pretty well. So we thought we'd uh, record it and um, yeah, we're we're doing the whole thing again at, at Art Tangent this year. So it should be. In fact, it'll be the day after it comes out. So Art Tangent's our official release show. Wow, so nice fantastic! That they Meshuggah and Cult of Luna supporting us. It's really cool. <laughs> solid, solid bill of local openers right there. <laughs> mm. Um, yeah, I had Meshuggah have sold nearly 50 tickets, so it should be... Uh, oh, fantastic. Yeah, it should be, should be pretty tight. I like the idea of setting up a bu- them setting up a bunch of like foldy chairs in, in the corner of the tent for their, their Swedish nans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> well, awesome. when, uh, I, I missed um, uh, the Arc Tangent set, set last year, which I was really gutted about because I thought it was going to be like a, a sort of a one and done, uh, you know, almost like one of those special curations you get at somewhere like mm-hmm. Roadburn Festival um, and, um, and that I fully missed out on it. Was there ever any plan to record anything before you'd done the live show or was the decision to record the album a sort of a byproduct of the show going so well? It was very much meant to be a one-off thing, and then I think in the 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 weeks leading up to it, when we f- like we finished writing it like a week before our tangent, and um, we'd been rehearsing for a while, and it, it we we did the set, and it went as well as we could have expected, um, and we kind of all got off the stage, and the feedback was so good, we were just like, oh. We've got it done. We're really, we could have done with another six months to really hone the song. So why don't we just do that and then record it? Um, Joe from Pine owns a studio up in Manchester, um, so he he was keen to actually record it. So yeah, it, it was 
it was never a firm plan to to do any more than just the one set but i think all of us individually had, had come to the conclusion that it would be a waste not to get it down yeah. um and and yeah the the recording came together I'm, I'm so happy with it you know it's it's something that we recorded it over a couple of weekends in february before we went off to america and um yeah, it's just a really wholesome, friendship-based experience. <laughs> like it was way more about just having fun and and just having yeah. a lovely time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like with Kundra, it's like everything is so meticulous and poured over and argued about and miserable. And it was nice <laughs> just to go. Should we put a third harmony here? Yeah, why the fuck not? You know, like just just really lay into it and you know wear our influences on our sleeve a little bit more and working with another band especially the guys in pine who are very good friends of ours it Superb was band. a real pleasure so um uh going to uh, uh going back to to Kondra and to and to oh. download festival um I, I, because you're obviously a, a midlands lad have you um yes I, I assume you've been as a punter to download in the past so I've been as a punter and I've done press there before. So I used to work for Midlands Rocks, if you know those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I, 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 yeah, so I've been to download about, I would say, five or six times, mm. um, roughly. And it was it wasn't my first festival. My first festival was Sonosphere in 2012, 2011. Was it, 2011. The, was it the year the Big Four played? Yes. Yes, I was. Yeah. That, that was that was um, that was my second Sonosphere. Um, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So download that, wasn't a, your first. Yeah, that was my first ever festival, and then um, I went to download either that year or the following year. Right. Um, okay. And it was as insane as I expected it to be. Like you know, growing up listening to metal, you get into these artists like Slipknot, like Trivium, and you kind of. I, I don't know, the idea of all of them being in the same place is was just an absolute kind of uh, just ridiculous concept. So yeah. you go and I, I remember the first year, I, I think I saw Mich- uh, Iron Maiden, Machine Head, Black Sabbath, Cancer Bats, like all of these bands all in one place and it was just like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, like, it's a so, fucking mad day. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have fond memories of, of going to download as a... I'd say as a child, but it wasn't too that long ago, so maybe I'm still a child. As a man-child. Yeah, as a man-child. So this is uh, Conjurer's first time playing here, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you're doing the Dogtooth stage uh, on the Friday, um, yeah. so you can get the set out of the way and then just you know spend the rest of the weekend getting trashed. Um, yeah, that's literally the plan. <laughs> um I've I've noticed in the last sort of few years the the Dogtooth stage in particular has, has been a, a real a real proving ground for a lot of a lot of underground uh, you know a lot of talent coming up from the underground. When you think about last year, how you had you know some of the most talked about sets of the weekend were were bands like Zealand Arda, and yeah. I remember a lot of people talking about Sleep Token set. Um, and then not loose as well that year, and then the year before yeah, that I saw you had not loose. That was sick. Yeah, oh, scared I couldn't make it last year. And then the year beforehand, you had like Venom Prison on the Dog Tooth stage, and the year before that you had Milk Teeth. Um, yeah. 
Conjurer doesn't really strike me as the kind of band that would shift their mindset purely because of the size of the stage. Would that be a, a fair assumption? <laughs> no, uh, we we pretty much just want to go out and break people with music. That's that's pretty <laughs> much the plan, uh, regardless of where we're playing or, or you know what lineup it is. I would say the only difference with like bigger festivals and bigger stages is physically the the room on stage. Like we thrive with, for me personally, I know there is a certain amount of stage room I need to give my best possible conjure show. And like, I reckon it's 50-50 with the kind of venues we're doing these days, whether I get it or not. I know going into that that show that, you know, I've, I've seen the, the, stage i know there's enough room i am confident that we're just gonna fucking obliterate it and it's yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun what sort of square feet give me an idea of square feet that you need to okay for me personally from the front of the stage to it's yeah it's more like it's more as a question of depth like okay from the front of the stage to my amp i would probably say uh three meters is like the minimum that i i I would like, okay, and I'd say we probably get one to two at the majority of gigs, which again is fine. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm never going to complain or anything like that. You know, I'll play. Literally, we played in a practice space once with like uh, Jan had to go in one corner, and then the crowd in the middle, and then the rest of us the other side of the crowd. Like <laughs> we will literally play anywhere. But yeah, that that kind of space wise is technically ideal for me. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm confident it's going to be a a lot of fun. And uh, I'd I'd imagine if you get that three meter space, which I assume you would on the dog tooth stage, yeah. that you won't get whipped by Connor's hair while he's doing his his windmilling. Oh yeah, exactly. It's more his base when he starts thrashing around. That's the um, the issue. Uh, I don't remember which show particularly it was, but um, before I cut all my hair off, I got all of my hair caught in the end of his base. Oh shit! Yeah. Yeah, well, I was there thinking, was a, like, you... a stern talking to, told him to get back in his fucking lane, and he did, so. <laughs> is he still Is he still trying to do the double windmill? The double windmill? Yeah, I think he mentioned it when he was on the podcast of doing the hair and then spinning around himself. Oh, yeah, no, he's absolutely smashed that now. Yeah? It's, uh, it's one of those, there's a couple of places in the, and again, I think that's a space thing. There are some gigs where I'm like, Oh, he's not quite got enough room there. Is he going to go for it? And he does or he doesn't. And uh, I'm usually disappointed. And we'll yell at him. You, you can never hear it on stage, but a lot of the time we yell at each other. Like if Jan makes a mistake, which he never does, I'll often turn around. It looks like I'm just headbanging at him, but really I'm just going, ah, you twat. <laughs> <laughs> which is nice. Um, I was. I, I must admit, I was a little bit concerned when when Connor first said the words double windmill. On um on on the podcast, thinking it was going to be <laughs> Were his you hair. Thinking one up, one down. Yeah, <laughs> I was a little bit. I was like, yeah, the, that's the, the dream. The lunchbox has landed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, uh, oh, so uh, have you got anything sort of special planned for the for the download set? Especially seeing as it's technically home turf for you guys. <laughs> yeah, it's only about an hour away. Yeah. Um, no, not really. Um, it's <laughs> you're really, you're really, you're really selling it, mate. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I guess like I feel like the way we approach 
is doing something special, the first time you play a festival or a venue or a city, I guess we'll, we'll play our, we have a standard set. Um, and it all depends on set length as well, because songs are just too long to be awkward enough. So we're playing a 25 minute set of downloads. So there's only, I'm not sure if I'm meant to say that, but oh well. <laughs> <laughs> there's only a certain amount of our songs that we can fit into that space mm. um so there's only really two sets that we can play and one if we want to play a couple of our more popular songs which we do so um yeah so uh, for each like for example we did art tangent and two thousand trees last year and we played different sets at both festivals right. and then this year we're pretty much going to swap them around so anyone that saw us at art tangent gets a different set again this year and same with trees um and then Towards the end of the year, we're completely changing up our live show and, and doing some different shit with it. So, um, would that possibly it, mean like, some Imagine new... if we were to be doing a headline tour at the end of the year, for example. Like, if if that were to happen, there would be a, a, a lot of cool shit happening. <laughs> cryptic, cryptic, cryptic. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so before we talk about some of the bands that you're sharing the Dogtooth stage with this year, I, mm. I figured it would be quite fun to kind of go through the other stages. Yeah. So uh, playing the main stage on the Friday, um, headlining, you've got Def Leppard uh, doing uh, Hysteria in its entirety. You've got uh, Slash featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. That text is really small. I think that's what... Slash and Miles yeah, Kennedy and a bunch of mates, um, but Slash in much bigger letters than the rest of it. Um, then you've got White Snake, you've got Clutch, you've got Blackberry Smoke, Tesla, and Last in Line. Now, out of those, I mean, I've seen Def Leppard headline download, and while I'm not, I, I, I like Def Leppard, all right. I don't, I'm not, you know, obsessive over them, but I couldn't deny that I had the absolute fucking time of my life watching Def Leppard at download about ten years ago. Yeah. Yeah, and. His... All, all I'm going to say about that lineup is that my parents are very happy that we're playing the Friday. <laughs> yeah, but what if you clash with Tesla or something? We clash with Clutch, man. Oh, fuck. It's the fucking worst. <laughs> Literally the only band on the rest of the lineup that people that like us would probably care about. And uh, yeah, it's such a pointless, stupid clash. And uh, we will be playing a protest set at Download. And coming out and all just doing a double windmill for 25 minutes. <laughs> one of the one up, one down double windmills. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, finished with a Mooney, old school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, that's, the, uh, that's the plan, it's going to be a, a protest set and we're just, in fact, no, it's not even going to be us, it's going to be people dressed as us, naked while we're watching Clutch. Yeah, absolutely. Get, get Real Big Fish to do it. Yeah, it would be better than watching their set. Wretch with trumpets. Yeah. <laughs> our drummer would be well up for that. Jan's like always pushing for us to put a full orchestra into our music, and he's not won over yet, but eventually he will. So, I think, yeah, Wretch with trumpets. I think there is a, a bit of a difference between a brass section and a ska punk band and a full orchestra. No, no, there isn't. Oh, Sorry. No, I've, okay. I looked into it. Oh. <laughs> So, um, are you not that much of a, of a Def Leppard fan? Uh, uh, the thing is, when I've had a few drinks, I'll have a great time. I'm, I'm probably the most easygoing 
about music in Kendra and that I can pretty much listen to anything and enjoy it. I don't tend to, unless I'm like crazy into a band, I don't really tend to watch bands because mm. we're always at gigs and always watching bands and always on tour. So it's like, it's it's becoming less and less of a fun thing that I want to do. So I have to really, really fucking be up for a band to yeah. want to go and it like... I'll check out a band, but to actually stand and watch a whole set and enjoy it, it, it has to be... A lot of things have to uh, align. So, like, I'll be there for Def Leppard, but I can't imagine I'm going to have the best time. I, d- I don't think anyone can resist the kind of... Especially seeing as they're doing Hysteria in full, we can kind of research for this. I listened back to that album in full and just went, this is just yeah. back-to-back. Or maybe not back-to-back, but like a good Pretty 80% much. ragers. Like anyone with enough booze in them could never resist the likes of like Rocket or Pour Some Sugar on Me or yeah, you know, women that that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. I I would say it's still the least exciting headliner out of the three, but you know, can't have everything. It, this is kind oh, exactly. of this is kind of the classic rock day on the main stage that you'd always get a download. I mean, Slash it'll be good fun because it's Slash. Yeah. Um, White Snake again. They were they were another one of the bands that were playing with Def Leppard. I mean, they seem to just be perpetually on tour with Def Leppard. Yeah. The Def Leppard the, these days. They're one of my dad's favourite bands, so he's like well hyped for it. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's coming down for the day, so um, that'd be cool. Oh, what what I think is kind of cool is about like when I saw the lineup, I was like, oh come on! Like all the bands, we have loads of bands that we're friends with, and like bigger bands on the main stage on other days that wanted to see us that are only coming in for the day that aren't going to be able to. So it was just like, all of that was a bit gay. But it's like, for all the people that like heavy music, there's like four bands that are, you know, no, that's not... There's there's a handful of bands that are worth checking out. So we're more likely to get people up early to come and watch us as opposed to if we're on a day that's absolutely stacked and there's loads of choice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You'd rather be clashing with, you know, someone like Clutch as opposed to someone like, I don't know, Behemoth or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, um I'm, I'm 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 yeah, thankful for that at least. But um yeah, no, it's a it's a weird one. It's 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 difficult when you get festivals that cater to such a wide kind of array of people. Um you're always going to get clashes that benefit people that are very blinkered in what they like. So yeah, I can imagine they've looked at that and gone, oh, Kundra, it's Screaming and Blast Beats versus Clutch, which is, you know, Singing and Blues. They're, they're two opposite things, so we'll, we'll clash them. And pe- I don't think people think like that anymore. No, you'll outclass them at the very least. <laughs> Absolutely es- not. Especially if you're naked. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, you know what. Or, or, your, or your doppelgangers are naked, let's say. Yeah. While yeah, you're watching exactly. Clutch. I'll be side stage, like, for Clutch, just diving into the crowd. <laughs> so many dads that's, that's, me out. That's quite a, a gap. You've seen the size of the photo pit, right? <laughs> so I've I've told um, Dan from Skindred that if he gets me side stage, I will stage dive. And he's agreed. <laughs> so, yeah, watch out. Watch out for that. <laughs> so let's move on to the, the Zippo Encore stage. And yeah, I, I'm very excited about Friday's headliner, um, Rob Zombie. 
you know, I have absolutely no shame in saying that he is an artist that has has been an absolute constant in my life. I was brought up on Hellbilly Deluxe, um, as as we discussed when I had my my dad on the podcast, who was the one who played it to me. Good parenting. Um, uh, also, but uh, you know, I saw Rob Zombie at download a couple of years ago. Was it twenty seventeen? He was headlining, and you know, you know what you're going to get with a Rob Zombie show. I'd imagine, I'd imagine he's going to get another massive crowd. He was up yeah. against Biffy Clyro last time, and he just, as much as I love Biffy, he made their crowd look pitifully small. It was arguably the smallest crowd I've ever seen for a download headline set with Biffy. Which is mental, because they're one of the best bands to ever headline download. I, I love them to bits. But yeah, just, just, seeing, just seeing, um, seeing how small their crowd was was a little bit... It, it 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 stung a little bit, but I'm okay if people go and see Rob Zombie instead of Def Leppard for sure. See, yeah, you see the thing with Rob Zombie, like you see, you know what you're getting with a Rob Zombie set. It's just such a shame that it's Rob Zombie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're really not that much of a fan. Uh, I, uh, with kind of those shock rockers, I was very much Marilyn Manson and never, never really got into Rob Zombie. My my dad. Never played be Rob Zombie as a child, so right. I'll, uh, I'll take that up with him. But yeah, I, I, it was never really my kind of thing. Like, I get it, but I feel like it, it appeals to a lot of the people that are just like, you know, like your slasher classic horror fans, mm. and you know, people, <laughs> people that like Five Finger Death Punch. <laughs> <laughs> just that kind of crowd. It feels like way more that, and I know it. Rob Zombie is one of those artists that does seem to cross a lot of barriers for people, but it just never really done anything for me. I would. Um, I gather that his stage show is mental, though. Yeah. Oh, it's absolutely crazy. Um, John Five's got light up teeth for his guitar. Oh, is John Five is guitarist. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I would maybe say that Rob Zombie, out of all the shock rockers, as much as I, I do love Manson and. Um, uh, you know, a lot of bands from that scene, I would say that Rob Zombie's maybe kept his integrity a little bit more than the rest of them. <laughs> oh, I know, I know, I could feel that I one coming. I bet he's better live. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> um, also on the Zippo Encore stage that day, you've got Eagles of Death Metal, Opeth, Deadland Ritual, Delane, Cavell Attack, Skid Row, and Goodbye June. Anyone from that standing out for you? I'd watch Opeth five years ago. Oh yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> I was lucky enough. I saw Opeth at the Royal Albert Hall when they did uh, Blackwater Park in full, and then one song from every other album. Right. Okay. And, uh, that's basically ruined me now. <laughs> so, so it's, it was essentially for you Blackwater Park in full, and then an early night. Oh, absolutely not. Um, Watershed's my favourite Opeth album. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's a... just. It was just the fucking weirdest. Um, yeah. And yeah, no, just just a weird one. Like I, I, I really like. Um, God, what's the album called? The one they did after Heritage. Oh, is it uh, Priestess? Uh, not Priestess. No, before that. Oh, it's it's gonna come to me as soon as we stop recording. Yeah, but yeah. The first song's called Eternal Rains Will Come, uh, and uh, Pale Communion. Is ah, yes, of course. Yeah, I think that's a brilliant album. For me, that really, like, smashed the 
line between just classic prog worship and kind of doing their own thing. Um, I, I didn't really like Heritage and I didn't really like the one after it, but yeah, Opeth are fantastic. They're, they're brilliant musicians. They're going to be good. I just really, they're one of those bands that it really depends on the set list for me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's been a minute since I've listened to Opeth, and I've never actually seen them live, unfortunately. Oh, they're, they're really good live. I've I've heard that it is touch and go when it comes to playing outside. That's the only <laughs> thing I've heard yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can imagine. I saw them at Sotosphere that year, the, the first one, 2011, and they were great, and they played loads of stuff off Watershed, and it was fantastic. Um, but, um, yeah, the only other times I've seen them have been indoors and no i saw them at download a few years ago as well 2014 maybe were they on they that were stage the again as well Pepsi max tent oh wow okay yeah as was i think they headlined it and they were good but yeah they're, they're <laughs> okay they're a band yes they are a band thank you thank you for that comprehensive review brady <laughs> um so moving on to the the avalanche stage on the friday and and i'd imagine we're going to go quickly through this one because the headline is a me first and the gimme gimmies um and then you've got real big fish the interrupters zebrahead man with a mission icon for hire sumo psycho and peng shui um i presume that's how you pronounce it um peng shui my ass anyway um it's so, it's the I, inter- I can give you something interesting about this go on uh my old band supported two of the bands on that lineup at different shows oh god you didn't support sumo psycho did you we absolutely did <laughs> <laughs> but do you know who the other band was oh god i dread to think it was it Peng Shui? No, it was no. me first on the Gimme Gimmies. Wow. Okay. So I used to play the pop punk band, and uh, we uh, we opened for me first on the Gimme Gimmies at the O2 Academy in Birmingham, and it was fucking brilliant. They oh, okay. Are great. Oh, okay. So what am I what am I missing with them? Have you do you know much about them? Not really. So they are a. Well, I know um, who the members are. I know it's members of NoFX, and I know is Chris Shiflet still playing for them. And gosh, the, I think it, the lineup changes pretty much every tour they do. Yeah, but it's like all covers, and they're just like a real like proper party band. Again, right. if you're, if I was smashed, I would probably have more fun watching them than I would Def Leppard or Rob Zombie. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I, I just why why the third sta- why headlining the third stage? I, I that's oh, no, what it's I don't a mental get. booking. Like <laughs> I, they're kind of a big deal, I guess. But like that was well, that was like four or five years ago, and it wasn't sold out in Academy Two in Birmingham. So right, why they're headlining a what two three thousand cap stage? Yeah, that's got to be more than that, isn't it? And it's not like. You know, Def Leppard and Rob Zombie with a download crowd are, are highly, are hardly, sorry, polarising sort of stage headliners. If you had mm. someone like A Biffy, which you're going to get the, the old, uh, you know, haven't showered for a month download attendee going, oh, I don't yeah. like all this modern shit, I'm going to go... The people, people that stink on a Wednesday. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh god, the worst. Oh, the absolute worst. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, I don't know, it's weird. Like I gather so 
the guys that were in the 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 pop punk band um they were huge they well into that scene and they were like losing their shit that we supported me first and gimme gimme so i gather that i'm just gonna call it me first because that's too long yeah um, yeah they i gather they're like well revered within that scene but so maybe it's just us that doesn't get it like if we were hardcore punk fans then we'd as in hardcore fans of punk and yeah, not yeah. fans of hardcore punk because um, we, we might get it more uh, for me that stage is is the interrupters and then then the the, the rest can I've not listened to the interrupters oh okay fantastic well we had them on the podcast recently and oh, uh, I, I, I missed their slam dunk so I was absolutely gutted but um, they are and I'm not trying to say this as like you know to, to belittle the, the, the members of the band at all but they are managed and produced and he is essentially sort of mentored by Tim Armstrong from Rancid Oh, cool! And there is there is tons of rancid on there. There's uh, there's tons of um, sort of early no doubt. Um, okay. It, it just feels all a little bit more authentic on the on the sort of scar side yeah, of things. I get that. I see. I I had a chat with them once, and it was really cool. But they kept talking over me. Oh. <laughs> oh Jesus! Oh, you're worse than my dad. <laughs> oh, sorry. It took me a minute. It took me way too long than it should have. <laughs> we we haven't talked about the fact that you supported Sumo Psycho. Was that with the pop punk band as well? Yeah, and I'm pretty sure. So, uh, it, we either did two shows with them, and they pulled out of one of them because one of them was ill, or we only did one show with them, and they pulled out of it. So I'm not actually sure we played with them, but. Uh, it was at the shed in Leicester, and yeah, I'm pretty sure they pulled out, but they still came to the show to hang out because uh, yeah, I think it was just the the vocalist had lost a voice, so they couldn't do the set. But right. yeah, it was it was a time that band also supported Evil Scarecrow at the the shed, and this is like proper like Green Day meets the Darkness kind of <laughs> <laughs> glam rock punk stuff. So, yeah, uh, yeah, it was. Was a weird time. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I think the weird times kind of. Well, they don't even end there because um, you know, looking at some of the bands you share the the Dogtooth stage with, I'll, I'll quickly zip through the the lineup yeah, and then we it. can kind of like go through, you know, the sort of the the highlights, if you will, from from yeah. your day on the Dogtooth stage. So headlining is at the gates. Fuck yeah. Um, and then uh, Nay Oblivascaris. Uh, Ginger, Twelve Foot Ninja, Vega, Lost Society, Skinned, some wankers called Conjurer, uh, Nova Twins, Those Damn Crows, and Ground Culture. Um, so, at the gates, um, I'm going to make a confession here. I I listened to At the Gates for the first time yesterday. Yeah, what did you listen to? I well, that's the thing. I I I didn't really. I know people have talked about. Is it Slaughter of the Soul? It is indeed. That yeah. is the kind of their their seminal record. Um, <laughs> but I I instead decided to listen to uh, last year's album, their sort of newest album. Is it to to drink from the night itself? Um, that's what it's called. Yes, yeah. It ended up on a lot of people's end of year lists and. I, um, I, for some reason, just because it was the end of the year, I had loads of music to listen to myself to do my own end of year list. I just didn't gravitate towards it. 
And that's fair. What a fucking stupid mistake that was because they're great. <laughs> oh, I'm in a weird place without the gates. Okay. Because I like a lot of the bands that they influenced, but I'm like this with a lot of bands because I got into I got into metal through Bullet for My Valentine and Crusaderia Trivium. Me too. And, me too. Yeah, and and like um, Volume Three era Slipknot. Um, so like I was I was into Black Dahlia Murder and Gajira before I was into At the Gates, who. I've arguably influenced both of those bands in some way or another. So I guess it was a weird one. I, obviously, what they do is fantastic. I've just never really given it the time it probably deserves. Mm, but yeah. uh, the venue I used to work at in Birmingham, um, we uh, at the gates were meant to be playing the O2 Academy and the show got downgraded because it didn't sell enough tickets, which was Ouch. funny. Um, but it got downgraded <laughs> to our venue, so right. we we got to put the gates on, and they are the nicest fucking guys. Like, oh, really? Unbelievably professional. Like they turned up at our venue with like, a day's notice, and we were rebuilding the dressing rooms, and it was a real state, and it was such a small place for for their production and crew and everything. And they were just like totally cool, like really understanding. They thanked us all for doing our best to make the show happen, and just the best people to work with. Oh wow! Well, fair enough. I think I am going to go back and because they they they're not spring chickens at the gates, you no, know. No, and and they like you said they are sort of hugely instrumental in the in the sort of in the they're they're pioneers of melodic death metal. I guess you could call mm. it in sort of and technical yeah. death metal. You know, it was basically between them and and entombed again a band I just haven't really yeah. gone in on. Same here. Um, but you know, Black Dahlia Murder and Gojira, I'm, I'm very much in the sort of the same boat as you of just having not gone back. And I've, I've been doing a, this a lot lately of going back and actually listening to the bands that influence my favourite bands around at the moment. Yeah. I was listening to the the Puppy album and as a result went back and listened to like a bunch of Alice in Chain stuff recently, which oh, I've, cool. I've got really into. So, um, so yeah, I think I'm going to go back and, and sort of go in on at the gates uh, back catalogue because yeah for for a bunch of guys who are not you know young uh, who are let's let's be blunt about it not a young band yeah. uh, that last album of theirs is is obscenely heavy and yet it has a sort of a theatricality to it which is really admirable it's yeah. it's a it's a fantastic album so yeah i I'd, I'd I'd imagine if if there is some time, maybe I can duck out during Rob Zombie's set and go and watch a bit of um, at the gates. I'd imagine they pack out the tent. It seems like a bit yeah. of a coup for download, to be honest, to have them on the the fourth stage. Oh, it was the same thing last year. They had Tesseract on that stage. That yeah, was ridiculous. They could easily have done the second or third stage. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah. No. It's yeah. It'll be cool. It'll be a really good. A really good time. Again, they're one of those bands. I know everything they do is of such a good quality, and my friends that are into them have been really impressed with all the outputs since they came back. Mm. So yeah, if you like, if you like fast music, <laughs> there they are. Um, are you a, a Nay Obliviscaris fan? <sighs> they're one of those bands that I think I got the wrong end of the stick with originally. So I. I've, I've made a judgment on them years ago that they were a power metal band. Right, okay. I have 
been proven wrong, I guess. But this, I'm saying all this having not really listened to them, but I gather they're like symphonic black metal with like yes. a live violin player. Yes, yeah, that's 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 what I um, that's what I took away from it. Again, having only checked them out in sort of research for for this mm. this chat. Um, yeah, symphonic uh, black metal. Um, it you know obviously very long songs i know people have kind of voiced their concerns about them being on a a, a festival like download and in front of an audience like the download crowd but people always say this stuff but you have to be like you can be as weird as you want you've got to be bad mm. or really small to play to no one at download like yeah. it's it's just there's so many people and the stages outside of the main stage the stages are either of the tents realistically are so so small comparatively to the number of people there I say you have to be either tiny too small to play the festival or shite for for no one to turn up so like I I absolutely will not be a problem anyone worrying about it is just like there are enough people there that like heavy music that will want to go and watch them and I'll probably check them out because why the fuck not not real big fish Oh, I bet they'd be good though. <laughs> Everyone's like, again, like, this, is what, this is what I mean. Like, whoever I end up watching at that time in the evening, I'm gonna have a perfectly fine time. Um, well, I will probably not be having a fun time at Real Big Fish, but <laughs> because I will not be at Real Big Fish, I'll probably be watching now Bliviscaris. Um, any any other bands from uh, from the uh, the Dogtooth stage that day, which are kind of uh, jumping out to you that, have, that apart from your own, um, <laughs> that uh, that you know you've uh, you're looking forward to sort of sharing the stage with that day. Who else is it? Uh, so you've Sorry. got uh, Ginger, Twelve Foot Ninja, um, <laughs> Vega, Lost Society, Skinned. Uh, spelled S K Y N D. We'll talk about skinned in a minute. Uh, Nova Twins, those damn crows, and ground culture. I will absolutely not be a poser and say that I don't know any of those bands. Okay, so, no, no. I, I like I, know, I like I the fact that you've been honest. Ninja, and loads of people say they're great, and I know of Ginger, and less people say they're great, but. Uh, yeah. Yes, I'm, I gather not much of it's going to be for me. Well, Lost Society, you're talking sort of old school deathy thrash with them. Uh, they seem to be quite, uh, you know, quite liked among the the sort of underground thrash community. Um, now, Nova Twins are a, a two piece, I believe, from London, and they they do something really interesting. I'd, I'd I'd be intrigued to see how Nova Twins go down. This is the band that's on directly before you, by the way. Okay, that's, I'll definitely see them then. It's a two piece, um, uh, two two uh, women, I understand, um, doing almost sort of a, a very bass as in like actual bass guitar not just like sub bass yeah bass heavy grime influenced rap rock kind of thing oh that sounds fucking sick yeah they are awesome i would highly okay. recommend anyone goes on to, after listening to this go on to spotify and listen to the track baseline bitch um <laughs> i'd, I'd imagine though my new twitter handle <laughs> change that after this call what about hair caught in the baseline bitch no no come on don't don't be silly <laughs> that sounds great though i'd like, imagine I... they'll go down i remember seeing asteroid boys a couple of years ago at uh, download and they just completely lit the avalanche stage up and i'd yeah. imagine it would be a similar thing 
with Nova Twins, I'd imagine they'd have enough of that crossover just to yeah. get people on side, really. That's cool. I, I really, hip-hop's way more my thing than metal. Right, okay. At the minute, so anything that's bringing not shouty music to download, I'm well on board with. Like, I'm, I was at the Bring Me The Horizon All Points East thing the other day, and Skylord was playing, and like... People say he's like, oh, this really cool crossover with, between like metal and grime. It's n- absolutely not. He's a grime artist that shouts a bit. Yeah, like it's literally it. It was hilarious. Make no like, bones about oh, it. So good. Um. So, uh, yeah, that's um, that's Nova Twins. I'd hi- you so, know, yeah, having only listened to a few songs on record, I'd be very, very interested to go and check out their set. Um, and I'd imagine they'd be clashing with someone like Tesla, who I don't give a fuck about. So are they just another classic rock band? They are. They are indeed. Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, and and the final artist I wanted to chat about was Skinned. Um, so you, you don't know anything about Skinned? No. So I thought you meant the death metal band. I think my friend is in a death metal band called Skinned. Oh S-K-A-N-E-D. right. Okay. Yeah, no, it's it's very much not the thing. I, I'm I'm gonna basically read you their Spotify bio. Um, yeah, I'm ready. Skin's lyrics reach deep, deep down into the sinister abyss of the human soul. Oh, In her. Grow up. <laughs> <laughs> so done with all of this shit. Go on. Um, she, uh, so I, b- I believe a solo artist, she um, is sort of this very ethereal, almost looks like a... She's kind of got that sleep token appearance to her, but okay. al- almost a sleep token if it was kind of, you know, you Good. were having a very bad trip. Um, yeah. uh, all of her um, songs are named after serial killers, so Richard R- uh, Ramirez and uh, Jim Jones, who I know is a cult leader, who maybe not necessarily a serial killer, just bad people, just bad, yeah. bad people. And it's in, uh, ethereal, industrial, sort of dark weirdness, I suppose. Oh, that sounds really boring. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'll give it a go, but I just... I think there are some artists that that can get away with being more than they are right. without trying to sound too pretentious. And I think there are far too many people that are trying to do that from the ground up. And it's just, I, I find it really boring. And that's not a diss because I have no idea who this person is. Yeah. I'm sure... They're doing cool stuff, and I will check them out. But just, uh, I just uh, over the top descriptions like that. Like I just want people to turn up and play good music. Like that's, that's all I care about. Well, I, I believe around Download Festival, she's doing some some shows supporting Rob Zombie, and I imagine she'll oh, go great. down an absolute treat among them. And I might be able to sway you by the fact that she's done a song with Jonathan Davis from Corn. Oh, that's very cool, actually. I do love corn. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Skinned. I, I, I don't know. I'd, just, I'd be interested to see how the kind of theatrical element kind of plays into her show. Have you listened to it? Yeah, yeah. I, I, Is it good? I, yeah, I'm actually into it. It's kind of like uh, sort of a, a more fucked up Grimes in places. Okay. Yeah, yeah. If, if that sort of tickles your pickle at all. I'm I'm I guess I'm supportive of anything that isn't budget um 
budget Def Leppard. Yeah. So. And there is a know, lot of that on your it. stage I'm that day. Number one fan account. <laughs> Changing my Twitter handle to skinned. Skinned, baseline bitch, double windmill. Yeah. 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 All of those things. <laughs> um, right, so that is uh, the the definitive preview of the Friday uh, Download Festival, a day which sounds like is going to be fucking horrible for you, Brady. <laughs> Every day is fucking horrible for me. Don't worry about it. Um, right, Saturday, let's go. Um, so I've switched up from my lovely cup of mint tea to a rather, I'll be honest, a rather foul glass of rhubarb flavoured water. Um, from what, I think, where did you get rhubarb flavoured water? Uh, well, I think it, I think it's a vo- uh, one of those Volvic touch of fruit ones. They're usually really good, but rhubarb is not. It's not cut the mustard for me. I don't think I've ever enjoyed anything that's just been rhubarb flavoured. It has to be rhubarb and something else. Rhubarb and something monstrously overpowering to get rid of the rhubarb. Gin. <laughs> Gin. 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 Uh, well, I suppose I should probably introduce you at some point. Um, uh, Toby Duncan from Trashboat, welcome to Bitch and Brew, welcome to the, the Bitch and Festival preview of Download Festival. Thank you for having me, my man. Uh, we just had your tour mates in Boston Manor, or Henry, um, specifically from Boston Manor on the podcast. Um, and uh, it was during uh, just the recent tour you've been on with them in, in the States and in Canada, um, where oh, you were yeah. out there with Movements and uh, Drug Church as well. Um, of so how did that US tour compare to, to others for you? Well, I mean, there's, uh, I spent the majority of that tour saying that it was the best tour that we've ever done. Um, but then I kind of changed towards the end saying that it was the best support tour we've ever done. <laughs> our headline tours are going to have their own kind of special charm, but it, it was incredible. It was, there wasn't a single bad show. We were the second band on, but we had, you know, like way crazier crowds than I would ever have guessed. Uh, and you know, it just there wasn't a single thing that I, I could bring up as a negative over the course of the whole tour. Everything just went so well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, you're you're back home now, I assume. Um, yeah. Have you have you had enough time to to sort of rest and recuperate before heading to download? Oh God, absolutely. Yeah, I only, <laughs> need, I only need a few days. By the time the second week of being home sets in, I'm already just bored and wanting to get back out. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've heard the the sort of the post tour lethargy hits hits others uh, a lot better than 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 some. I guess you're one of the lucky ones. Sure, well, I mean, I've got a lot to keep me busy here for sure. But like being out on tour makes me appreciate being at home, and then being at home makes me appreciate being out on tour. So I, I like the balance. Yeah. Well, it's your second time at Download, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I was, I was third, I believe, actually. Um, oh, third, is it? Yes. Wow, Jesus! Yeah, it's our third time. Wow, that's um, well, that's bad research on my part, isn't it? Um, to be fair, the first Download that we played was very early into our career. I think we'd like just signed to Hopeless, maybe even before. Right. Okay. Uh, and yeah, it was still cool, but yeah, it was very early. Well, I was there at your your second time at Download then, which was in the Avalanche stage, I believe, in 2017. Um, 
yeah, I, 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 I think the the, uh, the the time that I saw you, sorry, um, was under sort of similar circumstances. I'd understand you just returned home from another US tour with Newfound Glory at that point. Mm. So um, yeah, yeah, I believe so. So that first show back on home turf, how does it feel to be at one of our scene's you know biggest festivals? Third time's a charm, really. Well, Download was always uh, just had the best lineup of anything I would ever see when I was a kid, uh, and still continues to be just kind of that perfect hybrid of heavy and like having you know just loads of different kinds of bands and that avalanche stage i think we got the wonder year we're playing just before the wonder years uh this this year if mm. i remember correctly or nothing nowhere yeah yeah you're playing before nothing nowhere and then it's nothing the wonder one. years yeah so you've got enough time to kind of calm down like cool down after your set and then you know go ragal again for the wonder years for sure i kind of want to see nothing nowhere to be honest like i i only just recently discovered uh, I don't know whether it's a guy or a group or whatever, but I'm, I'm curious to see how it comes off like. Uh, I find it to be one of the the, the more bearable uh, artists within that SoundCloud rap scene. The whole emo rap thing has never really clicked with me, but I remember yeah. listening to that Nothing Nowhere album and finding bits of it, which, you know, I, I've, I'd imagine... I've heard his live shows are sort of very compelling, so I'd imagine it would be great. But, it, you know, what you were saying about the Avalanche stage... It, it really has done a fantastic job in the last few years of just bringing a new generation of bands to download. Absolutely. Um, you know, when you think about the state that Download was in a few years ago, as much as I love it, but there was definitely a need to bring some, some you know, some younger bands in to, and to actually give them a platform where they're not going to just sort of like get lost in the noise a little bit. Sure, sure. Well, I mean, it's, such, it's typically such a metal festival mm. and you'll often see it being headlined by, you know, old school uh, God tier bands and like they get Slipknot every couple of years, which is sick. Don't get me wrong. That's not a bad thing. <laughs> like you say, getting that kind of not only the younger crowd, but just diversifying a little bit. Yeah. Definitely great service. Well, you've mentioned it already. I mean, before we talk about your sort of um, your peers on the Avalanche stage a little bit more, I, I figured let's go through the rest of Saturday's lineup. Um, and and you've uh, mentioned it already. Headlining the main stage is Slipknot. Um, I mean, I'm with you on this. I've got absolutely no complaints when it comes to this. I think people are fucking idiots when you see them on the download forum like, "Wow, Slipknot again! Wow, this is boring now." And it's like, mate, it's fucking Slipknot, you know. Honestly, it is the opposite of a complaint from me because Slipknot are one of my favourite bands ever and I've never seen them live. Oh, really? Even all the times that I've been to download when they've been playing, I, I just, it, something's come up or I've been, or I've gone home or I saw someone else. I've just never seen them live. So oh, wow. Oh, mate, you're in for a treat. I, I was there in um, their, their first download headline set in 2009 was kind of the last time I, I went as a punter. Anyway, I've only been to download three times and the kind of the last time I went in 2017 was as a was as a scumbag member of the press. Um, but um, yeah, I was I was there in 2009 when they really kind of graduated to that headline level band and oh, even yeah. then there were uh, it was absolutely ridiculous to think that even then there were doubts around Slipknot being a headline caliber band um and 
really I think it's still arguably the the best outdoor show I've ever seen. I um, think well I I am definitely excited. Tons of pyro. I think the new songs are massive. Have you have you been paying attention to the new material? I've heard I heard the first single that they released but I haven't heard anything further. I enjoyed it. I mean they're, they're like a day to remember, aren't they? They can just keep consistently releasing the same kind of thing, but it's just a great formula and they're great musicians, so yeah, crack on. Yeah, Slipknot <laughs> are exactly like a day to remember. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, as in like a day to remember, I've been hitting that same note for about six or seven albums now and it's just great, isn't it? Well, I'm not I'm not as much of a day to remember fan as I used to be when I was a kid. They used to be my favourite band ever. Oh yeah. But, they just found that sound and that style and they're running with it and it's working for them. They found the sweet spot. Oh, yeah. Um, so below uh, Slipknot on the on the main stage of the rest of the day, we'll, we'll go through bands sort of um, individually in a minute, but uh, you've got D. Antford, uh, Trivium, Skindred, Behemoth, Power Trip, Royal Republic and Alien Weaponry. Now, uh, D. Antford have been a massive talking point this year and, I, I you know, I, I certainly don't I'm not surprised. Uh, yeah. Some people are absolutely stoked, and some people are fucking livid about it. Don't know why they would be. Yeah, are, are you? Um, are you sort of? I'd imagine they're clashing with the Wonder Years, which is just the absolute worst clash. But are you definitely on the side of the fence where you think the Ford are a band that belong at Download? Absolutely. I I I love one. Well, I, I think the Ford are sick. And I saw them at Reading Festival and they put on a great show. Mm. Um, and I don't know. Like, I, I understand why pe- people don't like them and the people are entitled to their opinions. But at the end of the day, when you when you go for a, a sort of main support or a festival headline slot, you're looking for more than just tunes. It's got to be a performance and a spectacle. And that's exactly what the Antwoord are. And they're right. They're so interesting. That's why they're so big. Yeah. Like, and I think that people that are saying that they shouldn't be there or they don't want to see them are just going for the edge vote. Yeah, they're keyboard warriors. You might as well just enjoy this because they're 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 just so intriguing. Of course they are. Like, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's sick. It's good stuff. It just feels so much larger than life, really. I think. I think you know. Um, I've, uh, this happens a lot when bands that aren't straight up rock or metal bands are announced for download in a prominent position. This happened with Chase and Status. This happened with Pendulum at Sonosphere. This even happened when The Prodigy headlined a few years ago. And my my argument is, as long as they they have some kind of alternative appeal, like I would really love to see a, a group. And this, you know, I know lots of people have echoed this sentiment. I'd really love to see a group like Run the Jewels at Download. Just because they have that kind of that punk edge to them that they're bringing to you know an otherwise commercial genre, so yeah, I mean I'm I'm on the positive side of the fence when it comes to D. Ford and I'm I'm so excited to finally be seeing what I've heard is just a, a nuts live show from them. Um, I think um, I saw them at Reading Festival and it's weird how the time of day can affect a performance, but they, they really feel like a nighttime band. Like I don't think right. daylight does them any justice. Not that it makes that much of a difference, but yeah. I think seeing Deanne's like at night with all the lights and the pyro and the, and the kind of 
costumes and makeup and stuff right and okay. make it way better yeah so do you think they might have been better maybe in a tent or something uh maybe yeah maybe. um i mean I, I still really enjoyed it at reading but i was thinking like fuck it, 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 it everything looks better at night though doesn't it like, it costumes, does fire lights oh it's better in the dark yeah my face always looks better in the dark <laughs> Classics, um, the classic filter. <laughs> um, and then you've got uh, you've got Trivium underneath them. Um, I, I love Trivium. I've, I can't lie. I, I must admit, I've not been like keeping up uh, until the last album, really. And I think a lot of people are kind of fed up with the with the fairly mediocre quality of, of Trivium's studio output, and it just kind of felt like there were going to be a band that were just going to be there and 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 not really. It felt like they were so close to being like a, a, a sort of headline calibre band for somewhere like Download and just just fell short. And really now, I don't know if they could ever be a headline calibre band again, but they, for me, have just capped off what is an, an amazing return to form. I mean, when I was a kid or a teenager just starting to get into heavy music, Ascendancy came out, and I remember uh, a mate of mine being silly enough to bring that CD into school, and he shared it with a bunch of people over the course of a, a week, me being one of them. And it, it was weird. I was in listening, and I was into so many other bands that were like Trivium at the time, and I respected the music and them as musicians, but I never really, like, bumped Trivium. I was never like, fuck yeah, Trivium are my favourite band ever. I was just like, yeah, Trivium are a good band. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I remember, again, like, when I was getting into Trivium and Ascendancy, I remember wearing my Trivium t-shirt to a non-uniform day at school, and you know the artwork for Ascendancy had that almost ghoulish character on the front. I, I I got told off by like a member of staff at school for wearing a t-shirt like that to a non-uniform day oh, i used to do super edgy shit like that all the time i had a white chapel shirt that said fuck this life on the front. <laughs> oh that's the proper like cradle of filth jesus is a cunt t-shirt isn't it honestly the worst piece of clothing that i have ever owned that i wore so much was it bright pink it wasn't it was a black and yellow acacia strain hoodie that said, I find you fucking disgusting on the back. <laughs> I used to wear that everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I I, I I get conscious of getting dirty looks in Tesco every time I wear my Don Broco t-shirt that says, we are fucked this time. I just, uh, like, I shouldn't care that. about it, but I know the old lady in the fruit and veg section is judging me. Yeah, I remember getting looks from a, a mum at an airport once. Just like, degenerate. <laughs> <laughs> you reprobate. Um, so, uh, any of the other bands on that day? Skin Dread, Behemoth, Power Trip, Royal Republic, Alien Weaponry, any of any uh, of those bands you're looking forward to seeing at all? The bands that I am looking forward to see the most are actually, I mean, you know, Slipknot, obviously, these pretty much at the top of my list. But Sunday, I'm going to be staying for that Sunday because I am overly keen for Lamb of God, Smashing Pumpkins, Tool, and just those three bands is blowing my mind already. (laughs) I fucking love Lamb of God. I fucking love Smashing Pumpkins. 
and I've never seen Tool live, so I'm keen. No one's ever seen Tool live. It, it, it's massive for download, and yeah, I I must admit, even as someone who has who, who I, I would consider myself a fair weather fan of Tool, as we'll be talking about in a little bit, but you know, it just it feels like such a monumental thing for download. It's been what 13 years since they last played over here, so. It's crazy. Um, in in regards to the Saturday main stage lineup, I think Skin Dread are kind of old reliable at this point. When it, especially when it comes to download, I don't I don't think anyone can resist the Newport helicopter when it kind of lands in the the sort of download field. Um, Behemoth just why Behemoth have not been on the main stage sooner at download. And yeah. for them to just be on amazing form with and what they're doing for extreme metal and its mainstream, you know, exposure, I think is just mad, mad respectful. And why, yeah, like I said, why they not have been on the main stage sooner is um, is is kind of beyond me. Um, also, Power Trip as well. Power Trip. Um, I'm actually looking forward to Power Trip. Yeah, I've heard their shows are super fun. Um, and again, it just feels like one of those bands. It's just the right time for them. It's nice to see them a little bit higher up on the bill for their for their main stage debut as well. Like you know, you you're kind of a little bit worried that you put them on their first main stage slot and they're gonna they're gonna essentially get the graveyard shift a little bit with people still filing through the gates as they're starting. But yeah, op- like any opening main stage slots are tough. Yeah, well, Boston Manor seemed to do a good job of it last year, so. They- it did look great. <laughs> so moving on to the Zippo Encore stage on that day, um, Hailstorm are headlining. Um, now, I'm personally not a fan, and I don't necessarily think it's for a lack of trying. I mean, it's just a band who have never appealed to me. Yeah, same. I've never really listened to them. I couldn't say whether I liked them or not. Yeah, I mean, I, I from what I've seen, uh, Lizzie Hale, their, their their front woman, is an absolute superstar. She is. She's got a very, um, she's got a very magnetic stage presence, and I, I, I do feel like even if we're not fans personally, that it is the right time for them to be in that position on headlining the second stage. They've 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 grafted for enough time at Download now to to earn that spot, in my opinion. Competing with Slipknot is rough, though. Oh yeah, they're gonna have a pyro off. Mm. Yeah, Slipknot will still beat them though, won't they? I mean, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, also on the stage that day, you've got Stone Temple Pilots, Three Days Grace, Brothers Osborne, Epica, Animals as Leaders, Elvana, Bad Wolves, and the Inspector Clouseau. I mean, for me... I think there is only one band in that in that lineup. Speaking frankly, that I would be remotely interested in seeing live, and that's Animals as Leaders. Um, just Animals as Leaders are phenomenal. I, I I would give Three Days Grace a watch just because there's that one song that I bumped really hard. That's uh, like I hate everything about you. I don't know if that's the title, but that's the chorus. Right. Okay. That's a rager, but that's the only Three Days great song i know <laughs> i i think the the closest thing i've ever like the closest i've ever come to listening to three days grace is they were in like when i was younger i had a really big celebrity crush on hillary duff 
and there was a film she was in called Raise Your Voice. It was, in retrospect, absolute toilet, but I would watch it obsessively. And her her character and her brother go to a Three Days Grace show at the start of the film. That's the closest I've come to listening to Three Days Grace. God, back when fucking alternative bands were just in movies and like American Pie and series and shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, animals. going back to animals as leaders, I've just... I've I've heard so much about their live show and just how technically on point it is and I just I'm dying to see a band pull off that amount of wizardry. Oh yeah. Live. Swagger as well. I remember when they were at Two Thousand Trees, uh their guitarist came on in like a a cyan blue cashmere turtleneck with like a big old silver chain and I was like, damn son. That's classy, that's, that's classy as fuck. Yeah, crazy. I was like, whoa. And, and then he was just shredding the whole set. I was like, okay. <laughs> Not breaking a sweat. Dick. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know anything about Inspector Cluzo or Bad Wolves or, or Epica or Brothers Osborne, really, but I, I think having a band like Elvana, do, do you know what Elvana is? I do not. It is a Nirvana tribute band fronted by an Elvis impersonator. I mean, outstanding. <laughs> you know, <laughs> why? Why have they got a, a relatively good spot on the second stage? Put them in the 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 camping village in, at one o'clock in the morning when people are lashed up. I don't care. Like, why is a band to why why isn't there a band to have grafted? You know, a band like the Wonder Years. Why are they not on in a in a better position? And yet some. Twats ruining Nirvana music with an Elvis impersonator is, is is in that slot. It frustrates the fuck out of me, man. The memes. Do it for the memes. <laughs> do, do it for the memes, do it for the gifts. Yeah, that's why it's happening. Straight for the memes. Yeah. I just I can't imagine a, an Elvis impersonator singing rape me. I really can't. Tenebet says they emit that song. Yeah, I think they would. All I like, all all Literally everything off Nevermind and nothing else. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're doing absolutely nothing off In Utero, are they? Off Bleach. Or Bleach, yeah. Um, so that is the, the rather pitiful, if I'm honest, Zippo Encore stage on the Saturday. Um, no, it, 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 Animals as Leaders should be an absolute blast. And and Three Days Grace for you, for sure. Um, I mean, if I, if I can catch that one song, then... Hell yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the Avalanche stage. Um, now, headlining the Avalanche stage on the Sunday, it's quite a surprising one for me, really. Um, it's Simple Creatures, uh, which, if, if you don't know, um, is the, I suppose, side project collaboration between uh, Alex Gascarth of All Time Low and Mark Hoppus of Blink-182. So, big names, uh, but obviously they've only got one EP out, which, you know... Uh, I, I I suppose because of the the prestige of both of the artists who formed Simple Creatures, it is a bit of a coup for Download to have them headlining the the stage. How many tracks is that EP? Uh, six. It is six tracks. As a short headline set. I know, right? It's gonna be it's gonna be shorter than like a Napalm Death headline set. Is it good? I'm. I am indifferent towards it. I'll be completely honest. I did. I, I listened to it today, and I I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. It's um. It's like cheesy pop rock. 
it, yeah. it is very cheesy pop rock and it's got that sort of bedroom pop uh, drum machine vibe to it. Sure. Uh, I, I don't... I'd imagine... Like, Alex and Mark are both very funny guys. I've, I've never had a lot of time for all time. Like, I love Blink, obviously. And I think one thing that they do share in common is definitely, um, you know, a, a, a very good stage patter. So I would maybe go along just to hear the bits in between the songs, if nothing else. Yeah, yeah. Um, so also on the, I don't think there's much more to say about Simple Creatures, to be honest. It, it is it is an absolute coup for download, but at the same time, I'm like, mm, the Wonder Years could headline that stage and be completely deserving of it. Mm. I'm not sure whether um, when you read the poster, whether it goes left to right or right to left in terms of who is uh, higher than the other. Um, but is 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 the Amity Affliction main support on the Avalanche stage on the Sunday? Uh, no, they're not. They are like fourth down. So it uh, goes right to left. So Palais Royale are above Amity, and then Fever three 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 are above Palais Royale. Yes. Surely it should. Are Amity not bigger than both of those bands combined? I would say that Fever may just pip them just because of what Jason did with Let Live and the way they came rattling out the gate with that debut album and just the fact that their first ever UK show was at Download last year and I think the tent was absolutely packed. I would have much rather seen Fever maybe opening the main stage or like, you know, middle of the day on the second stage, I'll be honest. But Mm. um, yeah, Amity, I mean, they're definitely bigger than Palais Royale. Although the fan base for Palais Royale is... Is rather um, is rather what's the right way of putting it? They're, they're very devoted. Yeah, um, they're very very passionate. So I would imagine there's that's maybe swinging it a little bit for them. Sure. Um, so back back to the Wonder Years, and obviously I know you you guys are very very close to the Wonder Years for for obvious reasons. Um, yeah. I mean they are. I've only seen the Wonder Years once, and it was headlining the second stage, I think it was, at 2000 Trees, the cave stage, uh, yeah. a couple of years ago. They are really just one of the most emotionally endearing live bands around of any genre. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think <laughs> Soup has a great... Uh, he has a great kind of pull with... With, with your heartstrings when he's on stage. You yeah. really feel like he means what he says. Uh, and they've just got a great sound. It's so, like, it's so thick and roomy. Mm. And it just sounds great. And their new material really plays to that as well. Yeah, and I can imagine stuff from the last two albums. You know, you can imagine there are a lot of people who still go to download who aren't necessarily into most of the stuff on the Avalanche stage, you know, the the sort of the Scar Day on the Friday or the sort of more pop-punk, pop-rocky stage that, the day that you guys are playing or, you know, the, the, the slightly more sort of modern progressive day on the Sunday. But the Wonder Years, the last couple of albums, the way they've just kind of brought those those Heartland rock vibes into their, into their music, I'd imagine that would pull a lot of people in. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the thing is... They never really kind of broke into that massive band status. Yeah. Um, but they've been, as, as a band, in terms of the material they've released, so, so consistent. And at, at no point have I ever considered the Wonder Years to be like falling off or 
like uh, winding down or plateauing. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're just keeping what they made going, mm. right? Absolute ragers. And mm. on top of that, they're just some of the nicest people you'll ever meet as well. So I've, got <laughs> I've heard they are lovely, lovely people. We'll have to see if we can get Soupy on the podcast actually when he's down down my way in Southampton with his uh, with his Aaron West show. Um, but uh, yeah, so. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, nothing nowhere was on the stage. Uh, then yours, uh, your your band. I don't know why that I I struggled to say that. Yes, your band is called Trash Boat, and they are playing afterward. Uh, well, before nothing nowhere, um, and then also uh, Rome, Palisades, the Beaches, Hot Milk, Yours Truly, and Parting Gift. Um, uh, and- I got. Had a cheeky listen to Rome's latest album today. Ooh, very nice. Um, any, very any, nice give us the old hookup. Any, any spoilers? I no. <laughs> okay, fair enough. It's good. It's good. It's, it's different. Yeah. It's still Rome, you know, it's good. I've, I've, um, I've always really uh, been impressed by them as a live band. They've got tons of energy, even if not, if it's not been for me personally on record. They do have that kind of. Um, uh, they 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 really do have a another they're another band with a sort of a magnetic infectious stage presence. Yep. Um, Palisades are not a band that I've become very well acquainted with at all. Um, sorry, can't say I've ever listened to them. Okay, fair enough. We'll move straight on then. Um, now the the band sort of opening the bill that day. I would like to to give a, a, a sort of a, a shout out to some of them. I listened to the Beaches earlier today, and they are an awesome sort of. Um, uh, they are four women from uh, from Canada. They are uh, sort of Juno Award winning, which I'm I'm guessing is kind of Canada's version of the Brits, really. Um, and I would really love to hear a band like the Beaches who are. You're sort of verging on that lo-fi uh, garage rock with slight indie tinges. Um, I mean, I think they're rad. They're very, very catchy. And I would like to think that having a band on the bill like The Beaches would open up the forum at Download uh, to more sort of indie-leaning bands. Yeah, fair. I mean, that the two genres you just described aren't... Uh... Not necessarily genres that I dislike, but I've never really listened to many bands like that. And if I have, I probably wouldn't have recognised them as, as that genre. No, but yeah. I mean, if, if they're as good as you say they are, then I'll be looking forward to it. Um, then um, and I think Hot Milk and Yours Truly, they they are bands that are they're making waves in a scene that I think I'll never be able to escape. You know, me as a as a mid noughties emo who loves massive choruses. Uh, what whatever I think of their music on record, I'll go and see them live, and their choruses will be massive, and I'll be completely hooked in. So those those two bands, I'm sure, will be great. Um, now, Parting Gift, I was very pleasantly surprised by by Parting Gift. Not not even pleasantly surprised. I was just su- straight up surprised um, because you know they 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 take on a sort of very monochrome aesthetic. And their photo shoots, you know, just looking on their Spotify page, their photo shoots were super dark and the singer was wearing like a mayhem hoodie. And I was like, oh, wow, this is like some seriously heavy shit to open the avalanche stage. And then very sort of uh, pleasantly taken aback by the fact that they were more of a sort of clean, melodic, post-hardcore band. Uh, I've heard their name floating around a little bit. I think... uh... 
I think our manager was suggesting them as a potential opener for our headline tour. Right. Uh, and I, I never got around to listening to them because mm. we kind of made our decisions. Yeah. But yeah, again, I'll be, I'll be looking forward to checking them out. It's always nice to see a band for the first time or hear a band for the first time live because then you kind of get a good feel for kind of how they perform and how they pull off what you're eventually going to listen to on record i would love to hear how parting gifts sound like because on on record like i said they 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 do have a sort of a clean melodic sound to them and it's massive it, uh, i i would compare them a band we've spoken about a couple of times on the podcast in the past is a band like holding absence uh, where they have a really sort of a, a good uh, way of uh, bringing in like atmospheric vibes to that post-hardcore uh, sound, if you will. But then their drummer just completely knocked me for six by bringing out these um, these demonic black metal blast beats at certain times. Big fan of that. Yeah. Oh, it was it was incredible. So I, I would highly recommend uh, anyone who likes the sound of that going onto Spotify and or or you know buying a copy directly of their EP Ensom, which came out um, earlier this year, and then going to watch them at download, because I'd imagine that would be... Yeah, I've definitely got my eyes and ears on Parting Gift very, very closely indeed. Um, now, the Dogtooth stage for that day, I must plead ignorance for a lot of the, the bands playing on this day. Uh, headlining is Carcass, um, a band I know has um, a lot of... Um, a lot of people of the extreme metal scene have a lot of respect for Carcass and, and they are kind of pioneers. I've just never listened to them, I'll be honest. Uh, I, I mean, I'm uh, looking at the poster earlier and I couldn't have guessed that whatever that said, said Carcass. <laughs> it kind of just... Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a mess, but... <laughs> Uh, and then underneath them, again, pleading ignorance here, you've got Batushka, Intervals, The Who, not as in Roger Daltrey's The Who, they're spelled H-U, not W-H-O, I understand, uh-huh. yeah, uh, Riding the Low, Love Bites, uh, Queen Z, actually, I really like Queen Z, they are sort of an excellent tongue-in-cheek uh, um, sort of political punk band. Uh, not even tongue in cheek, I would say they they are part of the sort of um, LGBTQ punk scene, and they just have a, a wicked sense of humour and massive choruses. So yeah, big up Queensy. I really liked their album from earlier this year. Um, then you've got Under- Underside, Cloud, and Vambo. If I'm if I'm pronouncing that right, again, I mean, I've got a busy day anyway, so I don't think I'll be checking out. I'll be spending a lot of my day probably between the avalanche and the main stage on that day. Um, now, before... Um, uh, I mean, are you a fan of any of those bands, Toby? Couldn't say I've heard of any of them, I'm afraid. Cool. Right, moving on. Um, I would highly recommend Queen Z. Absolutely. Um, now, before you go, Toby, I, I must ask, um, you're, you're obviously very clearly excited for uh, sticking around for the Sunday. Are you, are, are you about on the Friday? No, we're heading off early on the Saturday. Ah, right, okay. Well, um, I'm, I must ask before you go, uh, what is your uh, top download festival survival tip for people going this year? Be waterproof. Right, well, there we go. Simple as. We grow a set of gills and waterproof skin on your feet. 
Yeah. Quick evolution. Real quick evolution. Webbed feet. Gotta be done. It has to be done. Bring, like, wrap plastic bags around your feet inside your shoes and, God, just bring things that you don't care are going to get destroyed by the inevitable rain and disgustingness. Yeah, just turn yourself into one of those rain ponchos, basically. Every single download I've ever been to has just been monsoon season. <laughs> I was very lucky. In 2017, when I went, it was lovely and sunny. See, I didn't... Uh, no, it was raining after we played. Oh, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. I, you brought the... 20, you 2017 br- was the... Uh, was, like, the year where that whole camping ground got in, like, six foot of water, I swear. That, that, that was that was the year before. I'd, 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 I'd my sunnies on for most of the weekend, but you bastards brought the rain. God, was it that year that that picture that kind of yeah that was that was 2016 when Maiden headlined and most people had gone home at that point just because they'd had enough 2016 yeah because I was working with the band that was the kiss year wasn't it yes Uh, or or the sabbath year it was sabbath it was sabbath sorry sabbath was the rainy one yeah (laughs) well fingers crossed the sun makes an appearance for for you this weekend but it doesn't matter because you'll be under a tent anyway so (laughs) toby it's been an absolute pleasure to to chat to you today and we look forward to catching up with you again at download festival hell yeah man again a little a little disclaimer if you thought it was strange for me to be calling trash boat a, a pop punk band when the music i played before my chat with toby was sort of disgustingly heavy sludge metal that's because i couldn't actually get a trash boat track cleared to play on the podcast but you know it's all good and and trust me trash boat are a really great band and if you are at download this weekend then you should go and see them on the avalanche stage on the saturday now the sunday the final day of download festival um i'm going solo on this one as i mentioned um at the start because unfortunately i just couldn't hook up with any of sunday's bands in time to get one of them on the podcast that old that old shagger maynard james keenan wasn't answering my whatsapps and Billy Corgan didn't call me back, and, and fucking Kerry King replied to my tweet saying, do one, you smelly dickhead. Um, only joking. I obviously didn't try and get any of those lads on. I'm not I'm not a total idiot. I know my place. One day, maybe, but not right now. Maybe another time. So, let's start Sunday at the most obvious place to start, and, and that's at the very top of the bill. Um, and as I mentioned again at the start of this podcast, some 14 hours ago, it feels like at this point, um, headlining the main stage and, and closing out the weekend are tall. Uh, it'll be their first UK show in 12 years. They were last over here in 2007. They previously headlined Download the year before that. And I think it goes without saying at this point that this that this really is a landmark booking for Download. A lot of people have been wanting it for, for years and those and those calls only really grew louder when, when Tool made their live comeback a couple of years ago. So it's clearly a, a big fucking deal and there's definitely more of a reason to be excited about Tool headlining than ever. What with a new album finally fucking coming out later this year. Um, plus I've I've listened to and, and read a handful of reviews of, of the of the show when it came over to mainland Europe, I think last week, um and it sounds like a real spectacle. Um now here's why my I may actually sort of cause some controversy. 
And I want to say beforehand that the, the excitement around Tool... Uh, headlining download is definitely not lost on me, trust me. Um, but my relationship with the band is definitely not as obsessive as other people's. Um, as as some people my age might be able to relate, I grew up watching the video for Schism a lot on, on Kerrang! TV. You know, most most normal kids at that point were probably watching Dick and Dom and the Bungalow or, or even watching, you know, S Club Junior's vid- uh, music videos. But... Then I think I was, you know, watching watching the schism video. I think I was definitely much more struck by the visuals than this sort of intensely progressive music, which would have been very hard for an eight year old to get their head around. And I know my dad. I think my dad had a CD of Lateralis, probably still does, which I, I I probably ended up being exposed to a number of times when I was younger. But then I don't really recall it all that well. Um, we now obviously live in a streaming generation. And as you may know, um, none of Tools Back Catalogue is on Spotify. They only recently just got uh, one of those official artist profiles on Spotify. But as of yet, no music, no music to stream. Um, I have consciously decided not to listen to those sort of the the whole album streams of of Tools Records where people have just uploaded it in one 40 minute video or or considerably longer. I know Tools albums are a lot longer than 40 minutes, but you know, bottom line is I've I've made a conscious decision not to listen to just sort of crappy uploads of, of Tools music because I think it would be an insult to to music that is just so technically masterful and nuanced and and totally undeserving of being uploaded to a streaming site in the in the shittiest of qualities. So, you know, I've, I've kind of been... I know, obviously, there are other ways to listen to Tools Music. You can just get their CDs. You can probably get them on Amazon. I mean, you know, I know it's, it's probably... I could have definitely done something to avoid being only a sort of a very casual Tool fan at this point. But everything I have heard by Tool up to this point, I, I've loved. Um, if, like me, you listen to, to Daniel P. Carter's rock show on, on BBC Radio 1, you will know the man likes to play a lot of Tool. Um, so I've very, sort of, with the announcement that they're playing Download, I have been introduced to the likes of, you know, The Pot and uh, Parabola and, and so on. I think I'm saying that right. Probably not. Um, however, would I call myself a proper fan of Tool? I don't think I really deserve to. Um Nevertheless, you know, controversy bit over. If I was going to download Festival, because actually I haven't mentioned that yet, even though I am bringing you this this sort of massive preview of the weekend ahead, um, an unfortunate turn of events means I will not actually be there in person. And and I am gutted about that because I, I thought that seeing Tool would really sort of would really inspire me to go in deep on their back catalogue and kind of buy all of their albums. And I do I do still think I really should do that. Uh, to be honest, but yeah, if I was going to download this year, and, and um, you know, I'd, I'd love to be there. Of course, I'd be there watching Tool. It's a bit of a no-brainer. I think anyone who decides to to beat the traffic on that day and, and miss Tool set, it's just a bit of a knob, really. Um, unless they're really not your thing, and then still, I guess you're a bit of a knob. Um, next up, or or on before Tool, I should say. Uh, what seems like another landmark booking at Donington this year, and uh, and that's the Smashing Pumpkins. Now, 
You'll be happy to know that I have a stronger relationship with the pumpkins than I do with Tool. Um, but it definitely, it definitely didn't used to be that way. I, I remember a few years ago, it must be about six years ago now at this point. Um, yeah, yeah, it was 2013. Wow. Six years ago, hey, that's fucking weird. Anyway, uh, my friend Ollie, shout out if you're listening, mate. Um, my friend Ollie won uh, two tickets to go see Smashing Pumpkins at Wembley um, Arena and uh, asked me on the day if I wanted to go because our mutual favourite band, uh, which are Ash, now sort of previous guests and, and, and friends of the podcast, Still mad to think that. They were opening the the show. So um, I went up um, and even though I wasn't very well acquainted with the Pumpkins back catalogue at that point and um, Ash were awesome that night, I should say. I caught caught Rick's drumstick that night, I remember. Um, And then we bumped into another friend, another Ash fan from from the days where I was in one of those sort of unofficial band forums online uh, devoted to Ash. And he just fucking plied us with cider to the point where I actually barely remember anything from the Smashing Pumpkin set that night. Um, I do recall that they opened on Tonight Tonight and I, I lost my mind because, well really in my opinion they should always close on that song just because of how wonderful the ending to that song is. Um, but beyond that, I mean, I was fucking shit-faced that night. I puked on the tube, which is just one of the most humiliating things I think you can ever do as a drunk person. Um, I passed out in the toilet on the train out of London that night, and I was found uh, in that toilet by staff at 4am when the train had long been moved to the depot. Um, luckily, the, the depot, or depot, I should say, probably, English pronunciation of it, um, it, it was in my town at the time, in West Sussex, so I think I, I got very lucky there that I didn't end up halfway halfway across uh, across the, the country or something. Um I I don't know if there was a sort of a direct correlation between that gig and me just kind of going in on Smashing Pumpkins Um, because I remember not long after kind of picking up Melancholy um, and and Simon's Dream as well on CD, but both I think in charity shops. And just uh, and just falling in love with both of them. They're they're both very different albums, obviously, sort of sonically and and conceptually as well. Um, and in my recent binge on a lot of '90s grunge and alt rock, even going back to sort of late '80s and checking out some stuff that I've missed from the likes of Jane's Addiction and Faith No More, going through to the '90s like Alice in Chains and Soundgarden and what have you, um, I've kind of gone in on 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 Gish, their debut album, and you know a couple of other Pumpkins albums. Um, I'm I'm not so much a fan of their latter day stuff. I think the new album had a couple of good singles, but apart from that, I was very about it. Um, but I would, I would like to think that Smashing Pumpkins would turn up at download, which I, I don't think they've ever played before. Um, and, and just go for the greatest hits. Um, Although I think it's a bit of a tough one to call. I was looking at some of their set lists um, from their recent trip to mainland Europe and I noticed that they were only playing sort of three songs off Melancholy. I think they were playing even less off Siamese Dream. Um, obviously, they were playing a bit of new stuff, uh, even though I think it was only a couple of tracks from the new album. Um, and then they busted out the odd track from a lot of the, the less revered albums from their back catalogue. 
um, I don't know if you can really look at those set lists and deduce that you'll get the, the same thing at download. I don't know how long their set will be at download, but I think the purpose they will serve this year is a similar purpose to what they served in the 90s. They were very much... A, a sort of a bridging band, if you will. In, in many ways, they were they were the sort of favourite band of many grunge and goth kids, um, and they were also a bridging band into the mainstream, I suppose, post grunge. Um, I'm rambling a little bit here and kind of going off a lot of guesswork because I, I was kind of too young to remember them at that time. But I like to think that a lot of people will turn up to download and and obviously feel very nostalgic when they see Pumpkins on the main stage. Um, and at the same time, they'll come together with a lot of younger people, people like myself, who have had to check out their their sort of their best material retrospectively. And um, I think there'll be I, I like to think there'll be a lot of mutual respect there. I know that's a very wholesome way of looking at it. I know, but I guess I'm just a, a wholesome guy at the end of the day. Um, I'm not going to go through all of the bands. Um, as extensively as this, by the way, because I will be here for fucking hours. Otherwise, I won't get any sleep before work tomorrow. Um, but also on the main stage that day, you've got Lamb of God, Amon Amarth, Godsmack, Under Oath, I Prevail, and Kane Hill. Um, out of those bands, uh, I obviously want to shout out Lamb of God. Um, I, I haven't followed them very closely for a little while, like the last couple of albums, but I was I was mad on Lamb of God around around Sacrament and around Wrath as well. Um, and, you know, that's as I was sort of obsessive over that entire wave of metal bands uh, coming over coming over from the Atlantic, the, the new wave of American heavy metal, if you will. Um, I've been thinking also a lot about getting back into drumming lately. And, and Chris Adler, I mean, he's, he's, the, he's the guy, isn't he? He's the dude. Um, I, I haven't actually seen Lamb of God since download in 2007 uh, my first download um but i've heard nothing but praise of their of their live shows in recent years and you you got to admit when they bust out redneck my god it'll be fucking circle pit central at castle donnington when they do that so yeah lamb of god should be amazing um amonomath on before them i've i've not gone in on any of amonomath's albums admittedly but i don't think i i really need to to understand that if you if you give me a, a sort of a viking horn full of beer i'll probably end up sort of pouring it over in like in and around my mouth um which sounded a lot sort of weirder than it should have i'll probably just end up pouring beer on my face let's say um and end up having a right bloody lovely fun time during their set long boats and all um uh, apart from that uh kane hill i, I do want to you know i think kane hill get a bit of stick for being almost like a bit of a pastiche of the of the slightly sort of spookier and kookier end of of um a sort of a throwback to 90s alternative metal and, and new metal if you will but i think with their recent stuff they've been channeling loads of loads of like alice in chains um and uh, i know that's sort of a big influence for the band especially with that ep that they put out recently the title of which has totally slipped my mind it kind of remind me of the the jar of flies ep from from alice in chains and I, I do think that they should be taken a little more seriously than they do. So with any luck, they will walk out onto that main stage on Sunday and just sound fucking massive. So yeah, if that sounds like your thing, 
make sure you turn up early to go and watch Cane Hill. I've heard their live set. Oh no, I've, I have seen them live. I can confirm their live set is is it's something for sure. It's pretty fucking awesome. Um, moving on to the the second stage, the Zippo Encore stage, to give it its proper name, and in another another landmark booking uh, for download, not necessarily in the sense that it's a rare booking, because uh, this band have been to Donington, I mean tons of times. Um, it's just it's just a special and and somewhat sort of emotional one. It's the last ever UK show from Slayer. Um, I saw Slayer again at download in 2017, um, and although I've I've never been emotionally invested in Slayer, I think they're quite a hard band to kind of get invested in in that regard. Um, I I love Rain and Blood, obviously, um, and and a lot of the and a lot of the singles um, and Divine Intervention, God Hates Us All, um, you know, great albums too. I, I couldn't ever deny how fun they, they've been every single time I've seen them. Uh, even if I can't sort of call myself a sort of diehard fan. And, you know, I, th- I think they're definitely bowing out gracefully. I know the last few years have been a little bit turbulent when it comes to the quality of Slayer's live show. And at times that's been through no fault of their own. Um, so I, I guess it, I guess at the end of the day, it, it's quite good to see them recognising that the time has, has kind of come to hang up their hats before they, they just get embarrassingly bad. Um, not that they've been, you know, out and out bad at all. I've heard they've been brilliant on their farewell tour, but you know it would be it would be horrible to just see them end up shitting all over their legacy. No one, nobody would want that. So uh, yeah, farewell, farewell Slayer, uh, farewell to the UK at least. I know they've got a few shows after that, but it's their last ever UK show and the headline in the Zippo Encore stage with it. Um, also on the stage that day, you've got Dream Theater, um, Anthrax, State Champs, Beartooth, Starset, Bad Flower, Dinosaur Pileup, and Like a Storm. It's a very mixed bag. It's a, it's a little bit of a meh lineup for me, if I'm honest, but... I do, I do want to say that I think uh, Dinosaur Pileup have been on fucking fire lately. Um, I, I haven't had a chance yet to listen to the new album uh, Celebrity Mansions because I've been busy preparing for the next couple of episodes of of the Bitch and Review. I think we'll probably be en- end up reviewing that record on the on the June episode uh, of the Bitch and Review, which will be coming out in July if that's not too confusing. Um, but all, all of the singles I've heard so far from that new album, especially Thrash Metal Cassette, um, Erase, and um, yeah, I, I saw them at download again in 2017. I thought they were I thought they were awesome. I didn't really know much about them at the time, but they just, they rip, man. They're just, they're just simple, great, honest uh, rock and roll and, you know, tons, tons of alt-rock, weasery, sort of Pinkerton era, Nirvana. If if any of this sounds like it's up your street, then please go and see Dinosaur Pile Up. I think, you know, they were on the third stage last time, second stage this time. Who knows? Next time they may be on the main stage. So catch them, catch them while they're, catch them while it's still early. So you can, you know, be one of those people that goes, I was there, man. You don't know, man. It's not Vietnam. Um, yeah, so uh, also on the stage, although I've never really dug them on record, um, I have seen state champs two or three times now, and I think they're always they're always really good fun. I don't think I can deny that. There's plenty of of that pop punk bounce if that if that's your thing. Um, even if there's not 
much substance to it. Um, and Beartooth, I think, are an excellent live band too. They're, they're, they're good on record. Um, admittedly, I've not really checked out uh, that, that last record, the name of which, again, escapes me. Um, but, um, you know, I think live is where they truly, truly excel. And uh, it's interesting to see them on the second stage, especially when you consider, I think, they were opening the main stage a couple of years ago. Um, but, you know, they're definitely higher up on the main stage than they were on the main stage so you know it's all it's all part of the build isn't it it's all part of the build and that's probably about as positive as i can be on the zippo encore stage that day i'm I'm, i should say obviously i'm not going to go as long about sunday as as we did with friday and saturday i'm I, i guess i'm just trying to keep this positive and just give you my my top picks for the day so i guess a lot of this is very subjective um but at the end of the day I'm the one with the fucking podcast, so I guess deal with it. Um, down to the Avalanche stage, and the and the best headliner of that stage for the whole weekend, easily, Enter Shikari. Uh, friends of the podcast, um, unbelievably still, I've, I've said it before on the podcast, um, I love how many layers have been added to Enter Shikari's live show over time. What used to just feel like an assault on the senses with you know this this mad light show and this mass it basically it felt like an apocalyptic rave when you saw Shikari up till a few years ago um but now i think with the material from from their last album the spark and even the album before that the mind sweep um it's become much more nuanced and i think more profound really um so when you know when Raul came on the came on the podcast we we spoke a lot about how I thought he presented himself as much more of a, a confident performer and a showman. I thought that was that was really awesome. Um, so if you if you haven't done so yet, I would encourage you to go back and listen to my chat with Raoul uh, that I put out at the start of this year. It was the first podcast that I put out in 2019. I think it really remains one of the one of the best things I've ever done. If I can if I can toot my own trumpet for a minute. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm really, really proud of how that chat came out and I'm still stoked that I could get a band like Enter Shikari on this podcast. They're just one of my one of my all time favourites, I've got to say. Um also on the Avalanche stage on the Sunday uh is uh Fever three three three, um Palais Royale, ugh, uh the Amity Affliction, ugh. Um, our last night, I'm not going to do this for every band, don't worry. Our last night, Black Peaks, Heart of a Coward, All Us in Love, Black Futures, and Red Hook. Um, we spoke, I think, on episode two of the Bitchin' Review. Um, it may have even been episode one about how awesome I thought the live show from Black Futures was when I saw them opening for Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes back in February. Uh, again, the, the sense of performance from a band that young in their career was was staggering really um and and better yet there was kind of like this massive sound to to back up their concept as well um it's it's all added up so quickly for black futures i I think you know we're we're so close to i don't think i'd like to think we will never see the finished product with them but what we've got already is is pretty incredible so i hope the the buzz that's around black futures at the moment translates into a totally packed out tent during their set um black peaks i mean i don't know what i can say about black peaks that hasn't already been said on previous episodes of the podcast uh why they're on the third stage 
in the middle of the day instead of on the, the second stage or even the main stage, why they don't get to be on the main stage and yet fucking Godsmack do, um, that's way beyond me. I mean, it's a crying shame, if I'm honest. Um, but yeah, if you don't go see Black Peaks for all the, the sort of progressive and blisteringly heavy wonderment that their live show brings, then quite frankly, you are a fucking mug. Um, I'm also, I'm, I'm really gutted I've still not seen FIFA 333 yet. Um, I know I was pretty lukewarm on that debut record, and I still am, if I'm honest, but there is just something about the energy of that band live, or, or what at least what I've seen of their shows on YouTube, that it, it just kind of lights a fire under me, really. Um, it's so impassioned, and, and you know, there, there's a real message behind it, and I think, you know, without going too far down that avenue, I, I think Jason Alon Butler is is just one of the the greatest frontmen of our generation, if if not the greatest. Um, it, it kind of it takes me back even to when I used to watch videos of him performing live in his Let Live days before going into exams, just to sign myself up. Which does sound pretty sad, but you got to do what you got to do at the end of the day. So yeah, Fever three three three, one of the standouts on the Avalanche stage that day, and finally, um, the Dogtooth stage. Headlined by Municipal Waste. And yes, they are going to fuck you up. Um, I think they're going to be up against it if they're, if they're clashing with, with Tool or, you know, or even Slayer. Um, I'll be honest, I haven't looked at the Clash Finder for download this year because, because I'm not going. So I don't really give a fuck about who's clashing with who. But um, if time permits, go over to the Dogtooth stage and just smash a beer can open with your own forehead while Municipal Waste tear out some of the, the best party thrash anthems that there's ever been. Um, joining them on the Dogtooth stage are Whitechapel, uh, Cold Rain, Alcest, Tosca, Crystal Lake, Kim Jennett, Aaron Buchanan and the Cult Classics, Blurred Vision, Wolfjaw and Lost in Stereo. Now, I'll be honest... Um, as as we were getting towards the bottom of that bill, I was I was a little bit despairing just because there, there's a lot of toss on on the Dogtooth stage that day. Bands bands that just you know part of that that retrograde rock movement that just needs to fuck off away from download for good. Um, bands bands that don't even sound like they should have been at download in the first place as well. Um, but then up towards the end of the day, it, it gets considerably better. Uh, I mean, I, I really like Tosca. Um, I checked out their album Fire by the Silos the other day, and that and that's awesome. If you really, if you like your your uh, technical but ultimately catchy instrumental progressive rock with plenty of bite and crunch from the the guitars and the drums, then they, for I think, are, are the band to see. Uh, that day um, alongside Black Peaks I mean definitely go watch those two bands instead of fucking Dream Theatre or something Jesus um, also I'm yet to properly go in on that catalogue but what I've heard of Alcest I really really dick they're, they're part of that that Black Gaze scene um, along with the likes of, of Merle and, and Death Heaven um, and so on and so all the, all the bands that are kind of mentioned at the, the, the very top of that Black Gaze scene I think Alcest are among those um, but it seems in recent years they've been leaning more towards the shoegaze elements of, of kind of black gaze, while, while still being sort of heavy as balls. 
So um, yeah, Alcest, Alcest. From what I've from what I've heard of them, I dig them. So you know, if that sounds like your thing, go and see them. Um, also, a lot of people have been going on about how good and how different that new Whitechapel album is. I think it's called The Valley. Um, I, I should really sort of have checked it out before before recording this. I'll admit I was never really a fan of Whitechapel around my um, Impericon metalcore days, if you will. Um, but I yeah I should really check out that album and um, I've heard that it has created a lot of converts. So maybe we'll save that chat for another time. Maybe on like one of the catch up episodes of the Bitchin review that we're that we're hoping to do around the summertime. Um, so that is Download Festival. Um, happening the 14th to the 16th of July this weekend. If you're listening to this hot off the press at Castle Donington in Derbyshire, I, I am I am really gutted to not be going after after going through that lineup. But there are tickets still available at downloadfestival.co.uk. So if you haven't got yours yet, and that sounds like it'll be a, a good weekend for you, and let's face it, it will be a good weekend for you. It's download. Um, then then go and pick up a last minute ticket. Uh, thanks uh, again to Brady and to Toby for all their help in in going through the download lineup uh, on this podcast. Um, Conjurer's latest album is called Maya. It's their debut album. It's out now on Holy Raw Records, um, and they have an album coming out in collaboration with their label mates Pine. Uh, it's called Curse These Metal Hands. It's out in August, so go and pre-order that through Holy Raw now. I've looked at the um, the vinyl variants. Uh, for that and they're just they're looking fucking ace for that one holy we're always do the best vinyl um meanwhile trash boats latest album it fucking rips too it's called crown shyness and it's out on hopeless records um again i'm sorry i couldn't play a track from them earlier but you know the way this works with um america it, it doesn't matter it's fine it's totally cool um just trust me when i say that they should be at the absolute top of the of the UK punk hierarchy, you know the sort of melodic hardcore or, or pop punk uh, totem pole, if you will. So um, don't just take my word for it. Go and fucking listen to Crown Shyness. It's a it's a great album. Um, right, I'm done. We're talking now. If I'm honest, um, I'm really thirsty and I need a poo. Um, I will be back to talk uh, some more very very shortly. On Bitch and Brew. Some of you may have noticed that I haven't actually put out an April episode or a May episode of the Bitch and Review yet. Naughty, 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 Danny. That's me slapping myself on the back of the hand for that. Um, but that's because we haven't recorded them yet. Um, life's been been hectic for for Brad and I for various reasons, and we decided since neither of us are actually going to download, we'd meet up this weekend um, and drown our sorrows in a few pints and record both of those episodes. Back to back, so I'll be bringing you the the belated April episode of the Bitch and Review next week, um, and then I'll probably be bringing you the May episode uh, the week after. So um, yeah, consecutive weeks for uh, sort of episodes of the Bitch and Review, and then we'll be back on track to bring you the the June episode um, covering June's releases in early July, as early in July as we possibly can. We're trying to get back on track with this, but you know, life's hectic. What can I say? Um, to find out what albums we'll be chatting about in advance, uh, go and join the all new Bitch and Crew Facebook group, where um, I'll share said details. Uh, link to go and join the group is in the description like I said it's a public group I think I have to approve your membership but I'll be welcoming everyone with arms wide open as long as they're not sort of spammy as fuck 
Um, I've laid down some ground rules, but you know, I'm going to be like a, a sort of that that cool supply teacher that knows he doesn't really have control over the group and is just there for the ride. Um, obviously, don't forget to subscribe to Bitch and Brew on whatever your preferred podcast platform is, whether that's Spotify or Acast or Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, whatever. Um, I don't think I need to say at this point how much your support means to me and this podcast. You know, I kind of do this in my spare time with with no kind of advertising budget. So if you want to leave a nice little review in Apple Podcast and kind of help bump me up the hierarchy, because that, that shit really helps... Um, or you want to to share this with your friends, your fellow download attendees on social media, then then by all means, help a brother out and and thank you in advance. Um, That is actually it from me now. Um, Have an awesome download if you are going. Sink an extra beer for me and, and of course, stay safe. Um, This is Bitch and Brew. I'm Danny Randon. And until next time, don't forget to be kind, be loud and be bitchin'.